the Sunday Sermons Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm going to start us out today with a quick little joke. We were told this before this happened uh, by Jeff, so courtesy to him. So what do you call a teacher that's afraid to fart in public? A private tutor. (laughs) All right. If you don't already know me, uh, my name's Jared. I'll be preaching for you today. Uh, I drive around the Jelly Bean. Have you ever seen that before? Pretty cool. (laughs) Anyways, uh, today's sermon will be over the book of Exodus. Uh... We'll be going over the points of God's plan for us, how to listen to that plan, and why we should listen to that plan. So, why we're talking about Exodus, I mean, God came to Moses, and he gave him that plan to lead the Israelites out of Canaan. Uh, Now, Moses wasn't very happy with this. He had a few complaints. One, he wasn't a good public speaker, but God, amazing as he is, uh, gave him his brother, right, to help him uh, speak to the Pharaoh and get everyone out. Uh, Not only that, when they got out, uh, people weren't very happy because they weren't getting food. God still provided. It was in his plan. Now, uh, I'd like to... Uh, I like to transition into the rest of it with a quick little verse. Proverbs 16, 9. Now, the the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Meaning, it's not going to happen on its own. You have to actually plan those steps. You have to... (laughs) It's it's not going to happen. You have to induce it. You have to start it. Now, he can help you do that in many ways. Uh, For me, he gave me a bunch of people in my life. Uh, I'll give you a quick story. Uh, Having this terrible day, right? I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Went through school. Terrible day. (laughs) Uh, So I was driving home. uh, I had to go on the interstate, right? And... As I was getting on there, getting up to high speeds in the jelly bean, right? Uh, turn, trying to turn on to the interstate. Nearly crashed, like, immediately as I get in. Uh, that was not in God's plan. So, my dad, awesome as he is, uh, yelled. <laughs> and this quickly swerved out of the way so I wouldn't crash. And I did get home safely. Now, that's not the only bad thing that happened that day. Uh, I had to go back on the interstate to get to the high school because I had a robotic steam. And I didn't die that time either. Uh, <laughs> uh, get, get to the robotics meeting, uh, start coding because I'm the coding person, right? And I go to enable the robot. As soon as I enable the robot that we had been working on for the past one month, and over a lot of money. <laughs> Press it, 
That thing went straight into a wall. <laughs> uh, stopped it as soon as I could. Uh, I was afraid that that robot was not going to work anymore, and that would have been like a lot of money down the hole. Uh, not good. <laughs> but hey, I had someone, uh, my mentor at the, at the robotics team, uh, his name is Paul, and he helped me fix the code, and... The robot did not break that day, so we are we are okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's many people in your life that will help you uh, will help you further your plan in God. So, for example, uh, number one, his plan was not for me to die on that interstate that day. Number two, uh, I grow my knowledge so that I can teach others, like you guys. The gospel, and Paul helped me do that. The coding, preaching, same difference, right? <laughs> uh, now, uh, to know these plans, you have to uh, you have to listen, right? So, listen to God. Uh, you have to be able to listen, and <laughs> listening is very important because if you don't know what your plan is. How are you going to enact it, right? Uh, but yes, uh, uh, you, I didn't plan fast this part. Uh, yes, uh, I did. <laughs> trying to trying to use God's plan, but that that is all. I'm sorry. Uh, it did not end that very well, but. You need to listen to really be able to do God's plan. And I'd like to pass it off to the next preacher now. Thank you very much. Um, if you don't already know, my name is Wyatt Berenger. And um, I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so happy that all you guys have came. But today, I decided, to talk, uh, I decided to talk about listening. Uh, listening for me is a big part of Christianity because, like he said, um, you have to be able to listen to do God's uh, will and what he calls us to do. And he, well, he calls us, whoa. And, uh, okay, let me restart real quick. Listening for me is a big part of Christianity because you have to be able to listen to do God's will. And to do his will is what he calls us to do. There we go. And, um... Listening, though, um, is definitely uh, a harder thing. It's definitely been a struggle for me because I've always heard in the Bible, he's always speaking to them in a voice. It's always coming to them in a voice. Although I, I would love that. It would be a little bit scary, too. But I would love to, like, it be a voice that he's speaking to me. But it's not always going to be like that. Uh, like, for an example, like me always hearing that it's in a voice. Like me always growing up in Sunday school, I've always heard it. He's always speaking to them in a voice. He's always speaking to them through something. In Exodus chapter 3, 2 through 5, it says, And the angel of the Lord, no, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the bush, out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? When the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called out of the bush to Moses. Or, yeah. And he said, Moses, Moses. 
Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. See, out of that, he was speaking to them through the bush, and I really wish that would be that clearly to us, that he would be speaking to us through the bush like that. That would be amazing. But God doesn't always speak that clearly. It's not always through a voice. It's not always going to be, you know, like that. He speaks to us through many ways, though. Um... Uh, yeah, it doesn't also mean that he doesn't speak to us because he speaks to us through many ways. Like, he can speak to us through music. Some people find music, like, worshiping. Some people find that God speaks to them through that. Through people, through friends, through uh, Jared preaching, you could have found that God was speaking to you clearly. Something like that. God always speaks to us through many ways. It's great. Um, he also speaks to us through weather. For another example, in Exodus chapter 20, 18 through 22. Now when all the people saw the thunder and flashes of lightning and the sound of trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we listen, but do not let your God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin the people. That you may not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the people of Israel, You have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. And that part, uh, God is really just speaking through them through the weather. Because uh, later on, after, after he delivers them from slavery, they go on and they build uh, golden statues and idols for him. To, and they start praising them for like all that. And uh, they go through, and of course God is disappointed, as you know. And he goes, th- oh, sorry, he goes through, and he um, he tells them, he speaks to them through the weather. And of course they heard it, whether they li- wanted to listen or not. But God speaks to us through many ways. We just have to be listening and open-minded and open-hearted and hearing what He wants to say. But even though uh, God speaks to us, there are still obstacles in the way. There are still things that. There are still things that can turn us around, even though we're listening and we're doing God's plan. There are still things that uh, can throw us off and stuff. Uh, uh, when Moses, you know, he went to the he went to the Pharisees and stuff, or he went back there. He told them and stuff, and they did not believe him that he was the actual one chosen by God, as you would say. He God didn't appear to him, um, as it says in here. And it says, then Moses answered, or in Exodus chapter 4, verse 5 through 1, or 1 through 5, my bad. Okay, and then it says, then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Then they said, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. And it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. And the Lord, and the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand, that the Lord may, be, and that the Lord may believe that, that they may believe the Lord, the God of the fathers of, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Um, see, in this, God, he was listening to God. God gave him this staff. God gave him this willpower to go do this, and he listened to him, and he took that staff, and he went out there. And he gave, he gave it his all. He used what God gave him to. He was listening to God. He was, God was by his side. And he moved through it, and it was, it was great. But if any of you guys know the story, or if you don't, um, he went there, and it didn't really 
uh, it didn't really work out. They just called it witchcraft and stuff. So God, so God, like, so he went, but of course, that didn't stop him. But, so what I'm trying to say today, what I am saying is, even though all that happened to him, he still pushed through, he still kept going, he still kept listening for God, and he kept trying to save his people, and he did it because he was listening to God. So what I'm saying today is that we need to be more open-hearted, open-minded, and listening for God's will to go and to do whatever he says it is, even if it's something small, just like talking to a person, or something big like going on a mission trip. Whatever, whatever it is, we need to be prepared for it and need to be ready to do his will and listening for when it comes. Thank you. How's it going, y'all? I hope you're having a good morning. Um, we can't always hear God speaking to us that clearly. Like he said, whenever it comes in the Bible, we always hear about, you know, a miracle happening, a burning bush, or an angel coming down. But we never see that in our day. <clears throat> I mean, even right here, right now, this early in the morning, it's kind of hard to still listen. You're kind of snoozing a little. But he still tries to speak to us. Right now, he could have spoken through any one of us whenever we were talking to you. And throughout Exodus, the Israelites see many miracles from him. And from Moses, through Moses, they are shown what God is trying to say to them. But even then, they turn away. I think the Israelites resemble us in a way. We are very much like them. We see these signs from God or people come into our life and they try and lead us. And we still just ignore him sometimes. And... Don't follow what he's trying to tell us. The Israelites walking through the desert resembles how our walk through life can be scary out in the wilderness with all these wild animals and the heat of the desert pounding down on us and making our fortitude just dwindle and die out. It can feel like the weight is too much. The golden calf, I think, is a very good story to resemble how we idolize some things and how we, how those things infect our life and take us off of what God is trying to lead us through. It definitely took the Israelites off his path. Whenever Moses went up to Mount Sinai, he got, he was talking directly to God, but the people became scared because he wasn't returning. It says, Exodus 32, 3 through 5. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And Aaron took the gold and melted it down, molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these gods who brought you out of Egypt, or brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, Tomorrow will be the festival of the Lord. That's kind of arrogant of them to do. They take all their valuable things and mold it into a calf to resemble the God that brought them out of Egypt whenever they have very clearly seen from the God that actually did bring them out of Egypt. Just 
it's crazy to think that they would just divert themselves so quickly. But we often do that. We will not think about God. We won't read our Bible. We won't dedicate time to him. And we'll be too focused on our job or other things that we have going on. So they take their gold and mold it into a calf and say that this is what brought us out of Egypt. And obviously this will anger God. So, whenever it angered God, God told Moses that his people were doing this. And Moses got so mad that he stormed down that mountain with both of the tablets in his hands, these huge stone tablets that must have weighed, I don't even know how much, but he stormed down the mountain. And whenever he finally got to the bottom, he just dropped them at his feet and they broke in half. This was the writing of God. And he was so angry that he didn't even think about that and just dropped it. In Exodus 19 through 20, when they came near to the camp, Moses saw that the calf, or saw the calf in the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and burned it. Then he ground it into powder and threw it in the water and forced the people to drink of it. So, the thing you idolize becomes internalized in you. They idolized this calf, so Moses grounded up and said, you idolize this calf so much, you take it with you. It is now a part of you. It is inside of you. I think this is supposed to resemble how we need to be able to notice our sin and notice what we idolize and what is affecting us in our daily life. We need to be able to swallow that with courage knowing that that's a part of us, but being able to heal from it and recognize it. This also leads me to whenever the story of the bronze serpent in Numbers. This is another example of the Israelites being absolutely impatient people and detestable people to God. But it starts out with them complaining about the manna that they had been provided, how God was... They hated it. It was planned, and they didn't like it. And he even provided them with quail later on whenever they complained about it before. So they're complaining again. And start cursing Moses and God and detesting them both. In Numbers 21, Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea, to go to the land of Edom, But the people grew impatient on the long journey. They began speaking against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out here uh, from Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There is nothing to eat or to drink. And we hate this horrible manna. So, literally, food sent directly from God for them to eat. Holy manna. They are complaining about. They're complaining about having nothing to drink whenever he provides them with water and everything that they need, they just have to follow his plan and walk through it. But they still, every step of the way, complain. Because they're not satisfied. They want more. They want their golden calf. So, in order to redirect and correct the Israelites, God sent serpents about them. The serpents infected their camps, and the the serpents were always out in the wilderness. 
It wasn't like the serpents had just stayed away until now. They were in the desert. But God had made sure that they were safe from that. But now that they are not protected from this threat, people are getting bitten and poisoned. The snakes are what poison our lives, what leech from us and kill us slowly throughout our life. So now that they're seeing the repercussions for what they've done, they beg Moses. They say that, sorry, we've sinned against you. Will you forgive us? Will you pray to your God that you will clean us of our sin? So Moses does because he's leading them and he doesn't want them to die no matter how irritable they are. So the Lord set poison, oh, Numbers 21, 6 through 7. So the Lord set poisonous stakes among the people and many cried and were bit, bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord, against you, Moses. Pray to the Lord, we'll take away the snakes. So Moses prayed. And then it goes on to answer Moses' prayer in Numbers 21, 8 through 9. Then the Lord told him, Take a replica of the poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. This is where the bronze serpent comes into play. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of the bronze serpent and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by the snake could look at the bronze serpent and be healed. The bronze serpent is what's poisoning them and what's leeching from their life and killing them slowly. They have to look at it. They have to acknowledge that it's there. They have to look up at it and know it's infecting them. In order for us to move past our sin and get over it and walk in the life that he wants us to and improve ourselves as people, we need to be able to look at our sin and acknowledge it with courage and faith that God will bring us out of it alive, hopefully, (laughs) and just, and we'll be able to glorify his name. So, look at your bronze serpent, whatever that is, and know that this is what affects me. This is what poisons me, and I know it. I know it. I can face it. It's scary, but I can face it because I have courage through God. And then you can, like Twiggy was saying, you can overcome it. Do something about it. You don't have to sit there. You don't have to stay there. In John three thirteen through 16... No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven, and Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness. So the Son of Man must be lifted up, so everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Jesus, our sin is what holds Jesus up to the cross. It's made very clear that that's it. And whenever we look at the cross, that's a reminder of what we've done, and how Jesus sacrificed himself to save us. I think that it's powerful that a living being in the form of God came down to walk with us through our life and then sacrificed himself on that cross. Not that one. But... (laughs) But even throughout our sin and everything. We have to be able to willingly look at it and walk with him and understand this is what I've done, but I can be better because he has come to us.
I'm going to pray you guys out. Thank you for listening. Lord, thank you for giving us this opportunity. Thank you for allowing us, the youth, to be able to come here and show us that our faith is more than we were whenever we were little kids. We have grown. Thank you for providing all these people, all these ears, to come hear your word, Lord. And I just hope that they heard something that will change them and that they will be able to walk out of this room feeling renewed. In your name I pray. Amen.